Uh, welcome back to the Rock and Roll Ghost podcast. This week we have filmmaker Colin Shifley, director of Animals, All Creatures Here Below, and his newest film, Die in a Gunfight, which is available uh, on demand pretty much anywhere you want to get it. I I know I saw it on Vudu for 10 bucks, so you don't buy the damn thing. You know, what, what the hell? <laughs> Screw renting it. You might as well, for the price you're paying to rent it, you might as well buy it. So. Yep. Just own it. It's a fun film. Um, so we're going to talk about uh, Gunfight and his other work and anything else that he may be working on and whatever the hell else may come up because usually these things go off the rails into different areas. So if you don't mind that, then we're going to be good. So how are you doing today, Colin? I am doing well, thank you, and I'm happy to be here uh, doing exactly that. Going off yeah. the rails, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad, too. I love the screenshot behind you of uh, Travis Fimmel. Thank you. Uh, yeah. is, that, is that how you pronounce his last name? I've never I think so, that. yeah. Travis Fimmel. That's what we all yeah, say. Yeah. He's never corrected us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, then, if he never corrected you, then you're fine. Um, <laughs> let's start there. I Well, number one, I did like the film a hell of a lot. Thank you. Um, it's it, in the end, after seeing your other two films, I, it's very different from the the kind of um, more realistic, I guess you know, French yeah. reality sort of thing that your other films were. This is a little bit more fanciful and and, and sure. um, almost uh, romantic uh, fairy tale sort of thing, you know, with a twist of Romeo and Juliet a bit. Yeah, uh, Travis. <laughs> who I don't really know for much, but I know his face. It's like one of those things. I, yeah. haven't, seen, I haven't seen Vikings. I haven't seen War, I haven't seen War, Warcraft. Right. You know Travis Fimmel, and he. This is so. This is the first time I saw him, and I just loved how bonkers he was in this. Good. Um, yeah. How, how was working with him? If I can start off with that. Absolutely. Uh, he's fantastic, and that's why I wanted him up here. I, I've been trying to fluctuate the the background image here, and I thought it was a turn for him because he. He was great to work with. Uh, I knew from you know what was on the page. I knew Travis, his character uh, Wayne, would be my favorite character in the film. Uh, you know, one of those scene stealing characters. And Travis is the type of guy that you want to be in that role because you know, for me as a director, just being able to one ahead of time kind of prep with him about what this, who this character is, and why um, he does what he does, but. Um, but then allowing him to, to throw all that, that out the window when we start filming and just go nuts. And, and he's that one of those actors that kind of wants to be fearless and try things. And he'll be the first to be like, Oh, that sucked. Forget it. You know, let me go back to that. Or, uh, but he wants to try things. And that's what, you know, as a director that likes to capture lightning in a bottle, you yeah. know, he's the guy you want around. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how did you end up casting him? I mean, what, what was that process like? Um, well, casting is my least favorite part of filmmaking. Uh, it's amazing because it gets rewarding once you finally grab someone. But um, for an ensemble piece like this, it was so hard to have all the right pieces at the right time when you can't just be like, here, here's $10 million for your lead. You know, it's like it's got to be everyone's schedule has got to fit. And, you know, if they're half doing Marvel movies, half doing television, you kind of have to, like, grab them when you can. Yeah. Um, and Travis, I think, was the one of the final pieces of the puzzle. We had Diego and Alexandra, um, but we needed that, like, he's such a pinnacle character. And I think we finally, I mean, we went to, like, everyone for that role. And it was always, like, either scheduling or, you know, something that they just were, like, 
couldn't understand this character. And again, that's why you need an actor who's willing to take strange risks and stuff. Yeah. Um, but he was, yeah, the last one we went to. And I think he, the, he responded to the material in a way that, you know, it's, it's what we need. It's someone who he likes to play more morally ambiguous characters uh, that usually kind of lean towards trying to do the right, right, make the right decision. Um, so I think it just spoke to him and, and we, our team, you know, having other people cast already, I think kind of won him over knowing that we were ready to go. And we're like, Hey, we just need you for this week, whatever. Let's bring yeah. you in and we'll do it. And, and then he brought everything else to the table. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he, 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 he looks kind of looks like somebody else. I know a, a front, a musician friend of mine, oh. uh, which is weird, but they're, you know, but one's from California, one's from Australia, but you know, probably not that far apart. Yeah, totally. Personality and coastal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that vibe. They he, yeah, right away, he was just like, I mean, I, I really, I, you know, he comes in early enough where he makes an impression, you know, fast. Yeah. Um, and, and number, you know, the, the main thing is that the movie itself makes an impression pretty early on. It, 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 there's a lot of um, interesting animation. The narration's by Billy Crudup, who mm-hmm. I, I'll get into him in a second, you know, uh-huh. that, that whole thing. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's, it's really, it's not the way the, the advertising kind of leads you to think, you know, the, the stuff I've been getting on Facebook ever since I started talking about this film, cause I now sure. get inundated with it on social media, mm-hmm. which is like, well, I'm already sold. So I don't know why you're selling it back. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm not your audience. Uh, <laughs> um, but I got the impression it was going to be this Tarantino esque, you know, um, full-on you know violence every two seconds thing and it's not yeah. really that it's it's about characters trying to figure out you know what what they're doing and how to get to a place where they're you know they're satisfied in their lives mostly mm-hmm. and that may sound strange to somebody seeing the preview um but it, it, it there is a, there is a certain healthy amount of violence in it, that's for sure. I mean, right. uh, there's a whole exchange with Travis and a couple of goons that sets his character off on a different journey. Yep. Um, which is really interesting. Um, what the idea? Most of that was from the script itself, or did you kind of take a script, take a script, and kind of like say, "Hey, let's try this. Let's try that." How did? How did you get the material and how did it shape itself to the filming script? I suppose? Sure. Sure. Um, I mean, so I got the material when I had finished, well, I actually had, animals was done behind me here, my first film mm-hmm. and kind of was getting the recognition I needed to start getting other scripts. And I got the attention of the, the writers of the Ant-Man films, um, Andrew uh, Bearer and Gabe Ferrari and, they we had we didn't know each other but they liked my work you know um and i was kind of doing my second film which is also grounded and gritty and you know kind of heavy you got to get lost in that um that kind of guerrilla filmmaking style um so this one to me when i read it it was actually kind of on the page that way it it was very like self-aware tongue-in-cheek witty and and so self-referential like very meta in filmmaking terms like Mm -hmm. it, it had this sense of kind of that filmmaking 101, uh, I don't like to say cliches, but, you know, on purpose, like nodding to what it was referencing. Right. And and that's one thing we can get into when, it, you know, when it comes to how people are reviewing the film, it's kind of funny how how much of that people are missing, that we, we're obviously aware of all the, the Tarantino-esque, the Guy Ritchie, the 
you know, the 1996 Romeo and Juliet, all these different styles that, uh, you know, a lot of them are from the nineties, but they also go all the way back to French new wave stuff. Um, all of that was on the page. And I think that's why for me, having come off two heavy, naturalistic, gritty movies, I was like, well, this still deems, deals with certain themes, similar themes that I love. Um, but maybe this is a way to do it in a, me to step outside my own instincts and, and kind of play around just for one, just to have fun. Cause I just done such heavy movies. I yeah. wanted to do something kind of flashy and for younger audiences too. Yeah. Um, so, so it was there, but I just wanted to take and take it and run, run with it. Um, uh, but at the same time, you know, the extent of that all still was kind of boxed into how far can we go this way or this way, depending on budget. And, you know, I knew I wanted it to be stylized, but, but, you know, how far we could push that was, you know, through the years kind of kept going back and forth. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So it was there. I just wanted to take it and run with it. So you got this script pretty early on, uh, pretty a number of years ago then, correct? Yeah. Like it weirdly, it had been around five years before I even was making really? directing, okay. but then I got involved in like 2015 maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just one of those movies that, you know, trying to get all the pieces together and get people to understand what it was. Yeah. Uh, it was just so, such a challenge. We'd always have everything that would fall apart and then we'd have it all and it'd fall apart. Um, yeah. So in the, like I did my second movie, all creatures here below while I was prepping and, you know, in development for gunfight. So it's kind right. of weird. I was able to go make a whole nother movie um, in between, but yeah, it, it definitely seems like that's uh, as, as strange as it seems to most people, that is fairly normal. I mean, even Scorsese works yeah. on films while he's working on films. You know, yes. it's like he's, yes. he's all constantly, you know, they, everybody is always trying to move the ball forward on something. And yep. sometimes it just never happens. And it's, it's weird how, it's weird how somebody could like you. I remember as a kid reading about like cool ideas people were attached to. Yeah. And like they were close, they were close, they were close. And, and there are some instances like the, the Superman movie that Tim Burton yes. almost did. Yeah. He had a cast. Yeah. You know, he, had, he had screen tests, he had production yes. going, and it's still, even with Tim Burton and Nicolas Cage, who was extremely hot at the time, right. it, 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 it fell through. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like insane. Hollywood is nuts. It is. It, exactly. That's a, actually probably the best kind of modern example because it's like how this is Tim Burton and yeah, Nick Cage, all of them at the height of their career, yeah. you know, the pinnacle of where they're at and like the biggest money behind it. And they were, yeah, doing tests. And it's like, well, how, how, why, why is there all yeah. that makes it all fall apart? Right. It's very weird. It, it's, well, and then there was, there was, I mean, another, another example is, um, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy that did the Mad Max movies, George. Uh, yeah, George Miller. George Miller had a Justice League movie. Yeah, all like, figured out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, it's I, like, it's, it blows my mind how. So if, mean, if it happens on these big budget things where people yes. are like, "This is going to make money," yep. You know, one one way or another, it's going to make a ton of money. It's going to always. It's going to happen a lot in independent film. A hundred percent. And I think that's something that, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, everyone either getting into film or people who just don't understand and are like, Oh, cool. Oh, Hollywood's out of ideas. Oh, how it's like, 
No, there are so many factors. You have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a weird tricky. It's like, everyone says it's a miracle to get a movie made, let alone make a good movie. So it's like, and it's true. And it's why, I mean, it's sometimes why you you see people and, you know, make bad films because it's like, I mean, I need to work. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's like, (laughs) I mean, that's, uh, that's exactly why like gunfight. I love the script and, you know, even with it falling apart constantly, I could have easily just been like, well, I'm just, you know, walking right. away from this because right, right. it'll never get done. But it's like, well, why do that? Why not just keep it on the back burner continuously, constantly yeah. kind of checking in on it, doing what you need, you know, trying to make what needs to happen happen until it finally does happen. But right. that's why at the very last minute when, you know, the, the real troubles come in on a movie where like, the budget's not there or they cut the budget or you lose your actors or whatever it is. Right. There's that moment of like, well, do I just continue? Because if I don't continue, I have nothing and I won't get paid. And then I'm at starting over at zero. It's like, or do I just make the best out of the worst situation? Even if it's not going to be anywhere. And you're not saying that this is the case with, with gunfight. You're just saying that that's a thing that happens. Yes. It happens pretty. I mean, honestly, it happened on gunfight, but like, (laughs) Luckily, gunfight is such a playful, kind of colorful, whimsical world that it was like you could kind of make it work. But yeah, adapt, I guess. But like, um, I think every movie that's just how it is, and 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 it doesn't matter if you're, you know, Spielberg or whoever. I feel like there's that's why you always have these stories where like so and so is attacked and fell apart. And then you like, yeah. I mean, I I used to. I'm I'm old enough where when I went to the movie theater, they had these little cards hmm. uh, with ads on them and uh-huh. stuff. So you would see what was coming soon. You'd read these things like, you know, and these were movies that were actually made. Yeah. yeah. Movies coming out with these kids. I'm like, Oh, that, that sounds cool. This is before the, really the internet took hold. Yeah. And um, you're like, okay, that sounds interesting. Like, or you see the, the-, the trailer in a theater theater, but you never see the movie come out. Right. If you do, you see it five years later come out on video. Yes. It's like, you know, even when you make a damn movie, <laughs> it's like sometimes it's still. Yeah. It might not go anywhere. Like you get the, yeah, you make the miracle happen where you get the movie made. And yeah. then there's a whole nother life of the movie battle where you're like, who's going to put this out there? Is this in a, right. is it just going to be me on YouTube putting it on right. there? Hoping someone watches it. And that that happens not just in independent film too. Yeah. Look at all the movies Miramax buried. Buried, yeah. They just get yeah. shelved and you're like kind of they get lost in time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's funny, you know, in speaking of Miramax, I just read this interesting thing where Rosie O'Donnell was talking about working with Ed Knight Shyamalan on his second oh. film, and Weinstein bought it for Miramax. Huh. and was going to cut the thing. And he was, uh, Shyamalan was in Weinstein's office, Rosie O'Donnell called in, and basically Weinstein starts screaming at her. Wow. But he, she was like, you don't tell Van Gogh to paint with a different shade of blue. Leave, leave right. the film to him. Right. And she was like, I'll never talk to you again after the way he, you know, just another example of how, what an asshole Weinstein was. Of course, right. Right. Um, but it's like then he, his third film is, you know, uh, Sixth Sense. Yeah. It's like, you know, you kind of screwed yourself there, dude. <laughs> it's totally, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fast. It, it'll never, filmmaking never ceases to, to amaze me. Yeah. Uh, I'm equally 
fascinated by filmmaking as I am in people that open restaurants. And um, if you've ever known anyone that opened or worked at a, like as a manager or whatever at a restaurant, mm-hmm. and you realize all the insanity that goes on behind the scenes with money yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, yeah. I had a guy tell me one time that basically as soon as they opened, the, the owner uh, or the, the, the guy behind it went on this insane cocaine stripper uh, rager for months on end. And then like six months later, the restaurant, after taking three years to open, six months later, it was already out the door. Yeah, crashed. Yep. I'm not surprised. I know. I mean, <laughs> I've read similar things. I've, I've, And that's why it's interesting as filmmakers or anyone trying to do anything that seems impossible it's fun to read about those, not fun necessarily, but, no. you know, interesting to read those types of stories and see, cause it's all similar. And, and yeah. no matter what you're putting it, you know, applying it to the chaos and the craziness and the, the personalities and the situations are all there. And yeah. it's bizarre. It's really, really. Yeah. Cause you really have to be careful who you kind of get in bed with, with absolutely these sorts of things. And sometimes 100%. you make the decision because you want to see the film, yeah, yeah, you're desperate, or yeah, right. You you're willing to kind of take everyone. You know, you believe everyone. All the there's a lot of empty promises made. You kind of yeah. take everyone for face value, but everyone's kind of also got their guard up, and it's it's a process. And you're going to be living and stuck with these people and with this movie, whatever the you know, however it goes down for yeah. a long time. So yeah it's it's a delicate thing but then at the same time well, like we we're saying earlier it's like yeah but i also need to work like if i'm in this right. position, it's like take the job or make the decision based on that in some regard you know so yeah, it, yeah. it's a challenge yeah well with with gunfight uh did somebody did the person that basically had optioned it or uh i, I guess option would be the right word yeah on like the producer whoever decided hey i want to make this film did that person stay on through the whole thing? Um, mostly, yeah. I think it originally. So it was basically the Mark Gordon company that, at the time, I think it was E1 or I don't know because everyone companies are always changing over the years. Um, yeah. But he still like was kind of our, I guess, Godfather producer that wasn't really involved, but he was involved. You know, he gave You're thumbs right. up and he kind of was looking from a distance, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, he, I think he, him and his company were the ones that optioned the script way back when. Um, and I, I think, and then it's kind of stayed under that umbrella, um, yeah. through to now, which, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't an example where you're bouncing from person to person, optioning it and then re right. optioning it. And- exactly. It wasn't that. And that was more my first two films where you're like, trying to just get the producers or whoever that, however it's going to be funded, whether it's a production company or whether it's some independent financer, whereas this was kind of in the umbrella of that. So that's why it's weird. It's kind of a foot in two different worlds. And I think that's why the movie was such a challenge at the end of the day, because had we had the budget that we originally wanted, which was upwards of like eight to 10 million, even 10 to 12 million, um, which we came nowhere close to uh, that, you know, to me is, is how like having the umbrella of a bigger company that had already optioned it. It's almost like we needed that because we had, we played by all the rules, even though we're kind of shooting a really low budget indie movie, we're still playing by the rules of a bigger um, kind of uh, overseer. And that to me is what was a problem. Cause you're like, we can't, you can't kind of be both. You can, but like, that's where things get weird. Whereas on my other two movies, it was full gorilla indie. We had no supervision and kind of was, we we're winging it. And I think that's why it all feels a little more cohesive in that way. But, um, 
yeah, it's a challenge trying to navigate that stuff, but it was good at the same time, getting actors, having those, having an option under that umbrella of the market because yeah. it made it so much easier to get those meetings and those conversations going. Right. Right. It was like real. Um, yeah. Well, in the case of this film, no, I gotta say, you know, I, I obviously things happen and, and, you know, your, your budget, you know, and maybe your schedule wasn't what you were hoping it was going to be, but right. I think in the end it's on the screen. Um, awesome. You know, I think you definitely took, the limitations or the setbacks that you did have and you made it work, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's a very cool film. It's, it's very stylized. Um, it, it's, it's a very sexy looking film, honestly. So credit to your cinematographer. Yeah. Thank uh, you. As yeah. well for that. Cause that, that's uh it's a very, it's just a very cool film in, in general. And um, there were just, you know, besides Travis, I, I, was especially uh, impressed with Wade Allen Marcus. Yes, what I had seen on Insecure. Oh yeah, he was. He played a. You know, that's what I had known him from before. But he here he plays a completely different character. He's a lot cooler. He's a lot more confident because sure. then the character is kind of subservient. You know, to his to his wife. Sure. On the show, um, but here he's like just this cool dude that is like you know is the main character played by Diego. Uh, his his ride or die buddy. Yeah. Um, which the, the hilarious animation showing how they became friends. Yes. Is, is, a, is a lot of fun too. Good. I'm I'm glad you <laughs> like that because yeah, yeah. I, I I love that. I mean yeah, it's funny because I would almost argue that you know I love everyone. Everyone did an amazing job and everyone you know was amazing to work with. But I think just as a uh, my own viewer, you know, as a viewer myself, I would say that the Wayne and Wayne and McCool character. Uh, are just something about them pops and, and especially like Wade did such a good job being exactly that character, that ride or die that, you know, you, there could be a bunch of spinoff comic books or movies about them in their weird yeah. adventures. Uh, I kind of always wanted them to be like the, the Chewbacca to, uh, <laughs> you know, to Han Solo in a way. Yeah. Uh, or like, you know, we pitched him as this kind of, or I like, I saw him as like this, the Jim Morrison kind of, or like a, you know, those dress like all those crazy people that we, it's almost like he's a figment of Diego, you know, Ben's imagination. And right. Like, right. Like right. The, the, the collection. Like his alternative uh, personality yes. almost. Yeah. percent. That's well, I, I love the I love the, the brunch scene where like his uh, Diego's character's mother is trying to implore uh, Wade's character to, to talk some reason and no one was like, uh yeah meanwhile he's also sort of hitting on his mother i love that's hilarious we kept joking about that on the side (laughs) as we're filming all the little subtleties there uh that kind of just naturally came about and i with the chemistry of everyone and the playfulness of all of us trying things and wanting to make these characters kind of wacky um but yeah wade i love that you mentioned that because wade especially like he He's just inc- he blew my mind in terms of just how he brought ideas and how he um, brought those nuances to the character, but yeah. also how he like I almost learned so much from him because of he was so good with like so when you know you know when you're directing a scene and you're trying to block it and it's not always you know so many people uh, just think it's the camera where the camera placement is and whatnot, but it's such a dance between like the actors and the camera. And Wade, I swear, is the most professional, uh, like skilled at understanding how where he is in the frame and at what moment and doing that dance that I was like 
taking notes on the side of like, how did he know yeah. to be, to shift like that, you know, and, and, right. and it was incredible. So I think that just lends to the character and, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the interesting thing I was just thinking about too, is that uh, much like with the, with uh, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, which, you know, there's a great deal of Romeo and Juliet kind of in sure. die in a gunfight. It's, 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 it's impossible to not say that there's a, a correlation in some ways. Sure. But just like in that film, as good as Diego and Alexandra are in the film, and they are very good. I haven't seen, I'd seen Alexandra in a couple of things before. I haven't seen yeah. Diego in anything, but they're both very attractive people and they do very good in their roles. But just like in Romeo and Juliet, it's not DiCaprio and, um, well, crap, what's her name? Oh, Claire Danes. Claire Danes. I remember it's Harold Perrineau. Yeah. You know, all the, all the supporting cast. Yeah. Remember more. And that's, that's kind of like a case here. And I, and it's no disrespect to, to Diego or Alexandra, sure. you know, just like there's no, dis- I mean, DiCaprio and Claire Danes, there's no, no way to disrespect them. Absolutely. Just, there's the, the juicier roles are in the supporting cast. Yep. And, um, so, you know, I, and I just kind of wanted to just to say that just because I'm working out my own stuff in my own head. This is. No, I love it. Absolutely. Go, go off the rails. Totally. Uh, I love it. The, the funniest thing I thought in the film was the fact that uh, Diego's uh, family's last name is given. And then there's that insane, uh, not real moment. Right. Him and his dad basically become howler monkeys. Essentially. Yeah. They yep. full on given. On their on, in on their you know their brunch, brunch dining room table. Yep. Where did that come from? I I love that you like that scene because uh and just that that connection in general because so many people miss you know they're watching uh, their names given. There's a part earlier where they're sitting there watching or on the background. There's a the yeah. Animal Planet style shows on. Yeah, yeah. Um, all that was in the script. It was just kind of the the quirkiness that comes from Andrew and Gabe writing. And it's funny like if we had had time and full budget, there was originally this whole thing where that escalated to them, like jumping over a balcony and swinging on a chandelier and, and, you know, all this metaphor for the, the, I think, I think, I think it encapsulated. I think it worked. Cool. Good. I, good. I would, ho- I would hope it, it, it figures, you know, more people figure it out. I, I, some people, you know, you can hit them over the head all you want. And yeah. Not- it'll just always go over the head, but, but yeah, that's, that was like one of the fun, that's like the charm that was in the script of the weirdness of, yeah, these really kind of, cause again, like Ben, you know, the whole point is that he's looking at his life, like it's a movie. And, you know, we, I, we always have those moments where you're like, you, you could just see yourself picking up a bottle and breaking it and, you know, stuff that they do in movies or, Whatever yeah. it is, you know, I keep saying, giving the analogy of walking into a bar and you kind of picture yourself in slow motion with the music playing. And, and right. that monkey moment is totally one of those moments that, you know, Ben's, it's, it's what would happen probably in his movie. Uh, but that <laughs> challenge of challenging his dad, just like, you know, getting down to the primal instincts and, yeah. and confronting the dad kind of thing. Uh, just a playful, wacky craziness that I hope people are just like, whoa, where did that come from? Sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one more thing with with regards, and I mentioned him earlier. Where where did Brilly Crudup fit into this? How did how did you get? Yeah. This was after the film was made. It was so there was narration already. Like like right. it was originally just narrated by Ben, the main character. It was supposed to be Diego doing it, and we were like, you know what? If one 
you know, as we were trying to piece the movie together, uh, you know, part of me is like, well, this is another thing that attracted me about the script was that I, I honestly don't like narration. Like I hate narration. I hate, I, don't, <laughs> I love just naturalistic, real, like the non-movie version. And I was like, well, that's what's so fun about this is that I can push all those movie tropes to the fullest we can. And, uh, when we were doing the narrative, you know, that's why I was like, we need the narration anyways, but we actually really needed it because, you know, we were doing a lot. We we're finishing the movie during COVID when we didn't have like a third of the movie. And it was like, great, well, we can't do what we had hoped to do. So that's where the animation came from. And that's where we were like, well, how about if this is Ben's movie, why are we not using a narrator that has that soothing, amazing, perfect narrator voice, you know, and just yeah. short of having the true cliche of like a Morgan Freeman, uh, Billy Crudup to me is, uh, to all of us is kind of that voice and uh, yeah. such a, it's like soothing, but it's playful and, and, and kind of, uh, he's kind of nudging the audience, you know? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it came up afterwards that we we're like, yeah, we need someone like that. And, and he had worked with our producer, Tom, on something and and so we were able to kind of get to him quick and again i think because it was COVID and everyone was kind of like yeah i'm around like doing nothing i can record a right you know and yeah, we, going we, into a studio by yourself is a lot safer than doing a film exactly and i think that's why people when it came to the animation when it came to, to the voiceover it's like yeah we could we can make this work and uh it was awesome he was down to do it and and actually yeah. he pointed out the the monkey scene himself when we our first conversation i remember he was like you know, I was trying to, it was like, how do we sell this movie? How do we get the audience on board with that tongue, you know, earn that wink at the end of the movie. Right. And, and he kind of got the, you know, he picked up on that monkey thing right away. That was like the first thing he said, like, I get the tongue in cheek. I get what you're doing. And I, I you know, he wanted to lend that kind of charm to it as well. Um, yeah. which I think he did. Yeah. He was, he was really cool. And I, let me just say that it, it's like you just pointed out the narration the um, animation, mm -hmm. all these things kind of had to be done to finish the film yeah. way. Yes. And if I have, if I, if I, if I can say this, I think this is one of those instances where setbacks, problem, problem, make, you know, problems coming up mm -hmm. and finding a creative way to solve them works mm -hmm. in your favor. Yes. Uh, oddly enough, it sets it sets the film apart than it had you been able to do, you know, exactly what you probably right. were trying to do, oddly enough. And that's that's where and especially when I, when I went reverse and I went back and looked at your other films. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate like the fact that you're obviously a guy that can be creative <laughs> when the chips are down. Yeah, thank that, you. That's thank what you need. To, that's what you need to be. You can't just let it all crap out, you know, yeah. a lot of people that are talented consistently make crappy films. Sure. Sure. You know, they, they work within their limited budget, but they don't try to push it. Yeah. Way. And here you took something that might've been on this, on the edge of like, not, you know, quite there. And you, you pushed it and made, made it, you know, put it all the way through. So I, I, I just, I, I was because I like I said I went backwards, so I saw Gunfight yeah, first, yeah. And all your other films, and right, and it doesn't even seem as assured as Gunfight is. It doesn't even seem like the same guy made those two films. Yeah, yeah, God, um, and which is also yeah. cool because that means you're 
progressing in a certain way or you're adaptable. Mm -hmm. um, so that should, I would hope, you know, help you out with uh, whatever you're, you end up doing next. I, yeah. Like I said, I would hope. Yeah, uh, no, thank you. That's everything you're saying is, trust me, I, I feel it's good because it's, yeah. it, you know, it's, yeah, we're all trying to. And I, 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 I'll, I'll be honest. If you know, I've talked, I've talked to people in, in my time as interviewing uh -huh. where I basically talk about those, the facts, you know, the, how they made it, this mm -hmm. and that. But if I'm not feeling something, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say I'm not feeling it, but I'm not going to say bullshit praise, you know, if yeah, I feel totally. it there. Well, good. good, uh, good. I appreciate that. So, you know, I mean, unfortunately that, if you want to look back to my interviews, you may see me not saying much of anything about certain people's work. Right. You just, you just keep it. Yeah. No, that's fair. And that's, uh, I, I think that's, it's a thing my mother said it taught me. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say. That's so true. Especially in our times now. It's I'm like, very polite. Why be cynical? Yeah. Why not be polite and, and, and be as complimentary as you can in, in all honesty. Otherwise just yeah. no need to say. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, um, you know, you, you're from Fort Wayne, correct? Correct. Yeah. Fort Wayne, Indiana. And then you went to Columbia college as we've, we were discussing in an email. Yep. Uh, so how, how long were you in, ended up being in Chicago? I was there. So I was there four years. I did the four years of school. Okay. Um, I loved it. Like it was a perfect stepping stone for, you know, from coming from Indiana to LA. Uh, yeah. I feel like if I would have just gone straight to LA, I would have just, it exploded because it's so overwhelming and such a yeah. culture shock at first, you know, not, it's not really, but like it's, it's seemingly it is And Chicago was that perfect playground to, to one be surrounded by film people at film school um, to know that's like, yes, this is, this is, I'm on the right path. This is what I want to do. And the mm -hmm. film community was so cool there. Um, but yeah, so it was only four years there, but what was cool is I had so many other friends doing other things from Indiana and from Chicago, all in Chicago for a few years, probably like five years after that. Um, so I would always have like roots there and I still do, but like, especially those five years after college. And I think that's why it was so easy to go do my first film animals. We shot there, mm -hmm. you know, probably four or five years after I graduated. Um, so I'd been out in LA for about five years when I did animals, but it felt so good to go back to Chicago knowing that I knew the ropes and, and had the infrastructure and the friends and the people there to help us make it happen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Chicago, I loved it. Like it's my favorite yeah. city of all time. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've been here my whole life. I'm looking to make a change, but yeah, I'm sure I see people liking it. I, you know, I, especially with the time you were in, it was still pretty cool. It's gotten a little kind of, eh. that's what uh, people um, say. A lot of people say that. So I don't, it's gotten, well, it's gotten phony. Uh, oh, interesting. And it's, I think it's a generational thing. I'm, I, like I said, I'm older too. So, but, right, right. Um, what year did you graduate from Columbia? It was 2009, May okay. 2009. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, you're still, you're still in a good period. Yeah. Okay. Good, good. Yeah. I was there from 2005 to 2009. Okay. Um, All right. So, what, what, I mean, was, was it just because of the proximity to Indiana that Columbia worked out well? Because by the time so. you went to Columbia, it the uh, whole uh, in the two thousands, Columbia had expanded greatly. Right, right. Um, I think so. Like, I mean, as you did, as I was doing research of where to go to college, you know, uh, it, it was like 
either try to go to LA somewhere, try to get into one of these AFI or one of these places, UCLA, um, which I would have been happy to try, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, what's around here in Columbia, like you said, I think it was like blowing up at the time and, be, yeah. and they were making new changes in the film community. The film department was, was just expanding. Uh, so it just made sense to be like, you know, I looked at a couple of other schools in Indiana where, you know, they had good kind of media tech departments and whatnot. But mm. I knew like I wanted the, I needed to be around all the weird creative people, not just people who wanted to be like broadcasting or something. Mm. Um, like I wanted to go to like an art school type thing um, or be surrounded by those types of people. So I think it just was a weird fit where it was like, it happens to be a perfect stepping stone close to home, but at the same, cause it was like a three hour drive, you know? Um, yeah. And or, you know, four hour train ride or something, but um, yeah, close to home, but at the same time had all that checked off all those boxes that I was looking for about yeah. being thrust into like an actual unique environment and not just be staying in Indiana where I would have just been surrounded by the same people and my friends, you know, I feel like it wouldn't yeah. have challenged me like I needed to be. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, hey, tell me a little bit about how you and uh, David, I'm going to try to. Yeah. Dast Mulchin. That's it. You got it. Okay. Well uh, Matt, because I he's his last name is not one I hear often, you know, right. said. So I had to look up the pronunciation of it. It's tricky. Um, I, and, but he's somebody I I remember. It, it's weird how like somebody stands out and they don't necessarily even have any lines in something, but they yeah. stand out. Yeah. And I will never forget seeing him in the dark night. Yes. Which Dang. is so weird. And then he has just become like a go-to person for certain big directors ever since right. then. It's, and yeah. you got you had the chance to put him in the lead role in two things. Obviously, he wrote both Animals and All Creatures Here Below mm -hmm. with helped. How did you meet him and how did that turn into a working relationship? Yeah, no, that's all great because honestly, I met him the same way you described your experience seeing him. Uh, my senior year in Columbia was right after the summer that, you know, that the Dark Knight came out. So it was like the craze of, you know, the film students. Like it's all we obsessed over was Heath yeah. Ledger, Dark Knight. And it's weird because that year, um, I did my, I was up to do my like directing, you know, thesis film, whatever, practicum film. And we need, I needed like a weird kind of creepy, interesting looking dude that would fit uh, in a Tim Burton world or something. And his face just was, just stayed with me. And I kept thinking about like, what if we could get that guy? Like maybe, you know, they filmed Dark Knight in Chicago. A lot of it, you know, what, maybe he lives here. I don't know. Let's just see. He's like yeah. a small enough role that maybe we can track him down. And somehow we tracked him down, uh, you know, just a bunch of us students. And, <laughs> and we're like, he was like, you know, we got him the script and he was like, yeah, he's like, actually, this is cool. I'll do this. You know, we only needed him for like a day, maybe I think a day. Um, and so I met with him in Chicago. I remember it was like a I think a pot belly or something, pot belly <laughs> sandwich place um, on uh, over by like Grant Park kind of. Um, okay. And I remember him walking up and just being like, dude, it's the dude from Dark Knight. And at the time he was also in a ton of Wendy's commercials. I don't know if you remember. Oh, that's, I don't remember that at all. That's it fun. was weirdly the same summer. So like 
that summer and fall, they played these Wendy's commercials all the time. <laughs> and every time I was on, I was like, it's the, it's the dude from Batman that I'm obsessed with. <laughs> I'm going to have um, to look that up after this. Yeah, check it out. Look up, I think, look up like <laughs> Wendy's three economics or something. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, they're, they're, they're on there somewhere. But um, so, he, so basically you tracked him down to, to be a, a, the lead or a role in your studio? It was, it was pretty much like the second, uh, he plays basically like this plant man growing in the ground. Uh, oh, okay. So it was a very Pan's Labyrinthy student film, uh, yeah. but it was so amazing because you know one I, I had to fight to use him because all the teachers, all the professors for some reason were like I didn't have to fight, but they were like Who's this guy? Why are you all obsessed with him? Like what Batman? What? And we're like You don't understand. This dude like popped so much in that, yeah. in that scene he did that I knew like when I watched that movie that I was like I swear I sat there and I was like I'm gonna work with this guy. He's gonna be famous. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how it all worked. And we just, you know, when we finished, I mean, the short film was fun, whatever learning experience and really challenging. Right. But, uh, it was amazing. Cause you know, that started our relationship of like, he was like, you know, I'm moving to LA too. And I was, cause I was planning on moving to LA after I graduated. And he was like, you know, I'll, I'll call you when I get there. And I remember being like, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> call me. But he did like right away. And we went and saw a movie and like from then on just, started you know we just stayed friends and kept working together on things even yeah. just dumb little youtube type videos short films and stuff um yeah. until we were ready to tackle the feature so how did that i mean how did uh how did you guys decide to go ahead and and obviously he'd been he he's a writer i mean yeah. he's probably got a bunch of stuff he's been working on that he still wants to have you know produced i'm obviously because yeah. he wrote two films so right directed right. both of them so how how did how did you guys jump from knowing each other to saying him saying hey i'd really like you to or is that how it went to direct you know my this film yeah uh it, it was interesting like we like i said we we're just goofing around and he was single at the time he had now he's married, but I th he was kind of meeting, you know, his girlfriend at the time. And we all just c clicked really well and were so supportive of each other. And she would help with stuff and we'd make these short films. And I swear it was a movie. He was in a movie that he was he was fine in it. But I kind of I went with him. We went and saw it and we're all pumped. And and I for some reason, it was the first time I ever just flat out was like, I pretty much just said, like, I don't know, you, you were fine in it, but you do all your tricks like i saw all your actor tricks and it kind of bothered me like i felt like i could see through your character to you trying to do wow. your truth and, and I, didn't LA. It, I didn't mean it in any like mean way but no no like, but truth tr truth yeah in la truth in la could be harsh <laughs> yes exactly and, and it kind of just came out at dinner and after we had watched the movie and i swear dave was like he was like i think i found you know i, I found the dude who needs to direct animals because yeah. he'll be honest and real about it. And it's a tough, you know, it's based on elements of his real life yeah. um, that he lived. And so like, we were willing to go personal and, and also roll up our sleeves. And, you know, at the time I had just finished doing a bunch of coordinating on a bunch of indie films and I'm terrible at all. I'm horrible at coordinating. I'm horrible at like the business side of it. Um, but <laughs> I knew, and I, I, you know, those, that year of coordinate coordinating and PAing and all that stuff, forced me to learn how to literally make a movie, like literally get, create the receipt books and all the files and, and, and yeah. set up the bank account. And um, so I think me talking to Dave and getting that personal with him mixed with 
him seeing that I was also doing all I could handle the preliminary paperwork stuff. Right. Was, I think we're ready to do this. We just have to track down someone who wants to give us money and, and go do it. <laughs> right. Um, but but yeah, that's kind of how it all started. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And then obviously you guys worked well together that he you did the next one. Yeah. Came up with. Um what was what's what was the difference between working with him from animals to all creatures here below? Was there anything different about your working relationship? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, he it was it was different because on animals, it was it, the the challenge on animals was that we even though we knew each other really well and we knew we were in it, we still, you know, he was it was his baby. He was very delicate. And, and there was a lot of clashing of never like creative ideas or anything. It was just literally the stress of it all mm-hmm. of like, how, you know, I'm much more trusting with like, Oh, that'll fall into place. You know, we need those pigeons there'll be pigeons there. We see them every day, you know, whereas he'd be yeah. a little more stressed about that. Um, and it rightfully so, cause he had lost 30 pounds for the role and was starving himself. And, uh, you know, I'm sure like, uh, I'm sure that doesn't help with, with exactly. Anything. I think he was just extra on it. That. But, um, <laughs> What's funny is for the second movie, it almost seemed like it was the polar opposite. Like he, we didn't even have to talk in a good yeah. way. Like we, one knew our shorthand was just like that. I could be like, oh, the thing, the thing, anybody, oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's all we'd say. And it yeah, wouldn't yeah. Even make sense to anyone else. Um, but it's almost like he didn't even, he was just calm the whole time and very like in the zone, in the zone of his character, trusted you know he could be the writer when he needed to be the writer if we needed to step over and be like hey let's adjust this scene or whatever but then yeah. he most of the time he was just in character didn't even need to talk much because uh he we had full trust you know animals had turned out so well you know the, yeah. with what we had that i think he was just like let's just do it you know hand it off yeah. and it, it was cool it was cool to see that change in the in the process yeah, well, I watched both of those uh, as you saw, but back right. to back, and yeah, there's you. a definite si- there's a definite size difference in him from each film. Yes, he definitely. I'm like, oh man, this dude bulked up, transformed. Oh, yeah. he's probably just eating. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Much easier than not eating. Uh, I think that made it easy for him to play that character in, in that in regard to that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he, I mean, he wants to transform and, you know, it's cool that he writes these roles that he thinks he can step into and, and, yeah. and lets me kind of sculpt it from there. But yeah. Um, yeah, they're heavy movies. We call them spiritual sequels. Like they're, we, we want to do a, we want to do a third one eventually, the Cutlass. It's a Cutlass trilogy, the the car, the Cutlass. Okay. Um, uh, we're like, we got to do a third one that has that same car, a similar car. Yeah. Um, whatever that will be, we don't know yet, but but definitely those are definitely like spiritual sequels to each other. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I know I wrote this to you, but animals, I think it's going to be one of those films, not negating gunfight or creatures. Right. Right. But for some reason, animals is going to be the one that sticks with me because as many movies as I've seen about addiction and as much as having experienced not with myself necessarily with addiction, but other people in my life, uh-huh. I thought I had seen pretty much everything, you know, it's like, it's like certain genres of film. Uh, I don't need, I don't need to see another Holocaust movie. I don't yeah. need to see another slave film. Right. At, at some point it just becomes uh pornographic to keep doing slave and Holocaust films. Sure. I think everything's been said. Sure. About, and a lot's been said about addiction, but we're still as a society, we're still moving towards 
even remotely understanding and empathizing with with addiction in our culture yeah. and it's gotten worse yeah especially since covid addiction has gotten far worse skyrocketed yeah yeah um so i was amazed to see how differently it was handled in this film um it's just really weird because like the the time frame that you were here and probably maybe I don't I don't know David's story necessarily, but maybe even around at the same time that he had his issues yeah. while he was here. I had a, a former close friend that was a severe addict, and our relationship ended up going to shit because yeah. of it. And it's like you know, and I have to imagine it, it's I, you know, there's a certain empathy that I have for for people with because I got my own issues, but. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. I, I I know I I know I'm a step away from being a drug addict or or an alcoholic if I let myself be that way. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Right. right. Know, I mean, I have like a lot of tendencies. Um, but it was just amazing to see something different about it and handled differently, and even end on a different note. It's rather ambiguous. You're not sure if the one character ends up going where they're supposed to be, where they say they're going or not. Right. You know, the, the thing at the end that happens I don't want to ruin it because people should check it out and if you want to check it out you don't want to pay for it if you can download Tubi it's on Tubi right now yep but I would say it's eight bucks on Voodoo buy it um thank you yeah just the, the way it ends so ambiguously you're not sure if both of them are gonna stay with each other if they're gonna drag each other down mm-hmm. back to where they were again the whole mm-hmm. bit. And, but it's, it's so graceful how it ends that it get it, it, even if you don't know, you're still left with enough optimism that maybe something good comes to these people. Yeah, good. That's you know. your analysis is so spot on with at least how I view it. Of course, it's up to yeah. interpretation, but like, that's how I saw it. That's how that ambiguous, like, I hope there's op- there, like, I didn't want you to walk away to like, you just got beat over the head, like watching Requiem for a Dream or something. Right, right. Uh, were you were you like no? There's something hopeful here. There's that glimmer of hope if you can. It could happen. It could very because a lot of people do come out of it. Yeah, yeah, you can if you get the right people around you and the right you know like I think well whatever we don't have to I don't want to ruin it either I guess but um yeah you know it it's, it's too uh, special I, of a film to delve into I just like in, in all in all creatures I wouldn't the reveal in all creatures is like holy shit. That's awesome. It's not over the. It doesn't hit you over the head either with that. Well, yeah, that's what I'm well, considering. Yeah, right, right. Um, <laughs> but I didn't even mean to do this. Right. Everybody that's seen the film knows that. Oh, you know, no, we're I, talking about the joke. Um, but yeah, animals is just the way you shot Chicago in a different way than I've ever seen Chicago. Because okay, so I'm just gonna. I say this sometimes. This I and I, you know that I told you that I, I'm writing something, and I'm writing yeah. something set in Chicago. And uh-huh. my intention is, if it ever, ever got filmed, which who knows, who you know, right, right, be hopeful. I would not want to go to the the usual places. I wouldn't yeah. want to see the like. I I wouldn't even uh, hand to God. I wouldn't even have a Chicago Cubs logo in the film if I could. If I could, you know. Avoid it. Yeah. Avoid it. Yeah. Uh, number one, because I hate the Cubs, but uh, <laughs> number two, because it's a cliche, you know, showing yeah. Wrigley, showing the Sears Tower. And 
Yeah. Yep. Still the serious tower to me. I'm that old. Oh, uh, I agree. Uh, I'll call it that too. You know, all that stuff. It's like, but you manage to show, especially you show an area, you, you go into the south side a lot where I, I do Uber driving and I drive from the south suburbs into Chicago a lot. And I'm in the south side all the time. I grew up right at the tail end of the south side of Chicago in Blue Island, which is like the far, far the, the closest suburb to Chicago, okay. technically. Uh-huh. Um, like if you cross the border, you're in, you know, you're in Chicago. And so I, I, you know, I know a lot of the areas that you filmed in, and it was just having that different perspective for once in a film. The Shy on Showtime does that a bit too. They, they oh, have yeah. interesting location uh, shooting as well, but it was just cool. And I, I didn't even get to say this before. I'm sorry if I'm just gushing. The scene with the cops oh, is yeah. unlike any scene with police I have ever seen in my life. That's awesome. I love that. You know, it's, it's like, it's so matter of fact, it's both, you see both the good and the bad instantly in those two cops. Sure. Absolutely. I think like they're, 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 yeah, they're trying to do their job. Right. Really fucking pissed off at people. That's exactly it. And that was like some of the beauty of the naturalism in the script that Dave had experienced. And, and that scene, that's why I wanted it to just feel matter of fact, as if the camera operator doesn't even know what to film. And, and yeah. they're just like, it's all gray, air, full gray area where you see both sides. You're just like, gosh, we're, this is a mess, you know, like yeah. it's not the, the black and white. Um, and that's what I wanted for the whole movie. It's not like this, the world is not black and white, you know, like they're not, they're not good or bad. It's just like, they're trying to figure out the situation. Right. And, and that's what I loved about it and what I wanted it to feel like, just so naturalistic. Yeah. And, and so I'm glad you like that scene. It's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, yeah. And and, and we could get into a whole tangent about that. But right. um, and, and let me talk, Let me just say that the performance by Karen, Karen Gillan, where yeah. I was from, Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess mostly. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing her in Doctor Who early on and thinking this this woman is a star. Yeah, totally. I don't know why. And then like she became like just huge. Yeah, Jumanji and gunpowder milkshake. Yeah, his ass. Yep, yep. <laughs> Which is fun, but her performance in that was so delicate, and I have to imagine that was a very. It was so different than the David's character. And I'm sure there was a real balancing act. How how difficult uh, how difficult was it for her? Do you remember mm-hmm. balancing exactly you know the the character from not being too re, you know because she's right. a rather slow person right in a lot of ways, but she's also really with it in some other ways. She's not completely you know it's like it's such a delicate balance. How did how did how do you remember that all going? I remember. Uh, I I mean, it it was, it was a challenge, but at the same time, you know, she is so professional and I mean, she's Scottish in real life. So it's funny because she, you know, has a thick accent is very wacky. She's like such a wacky person, fun, playful on set, but still like the second we get ready into the mode, she just switches on a dime and she kind of brought on that, you know, what we had talked about, what I talked about with her and what she, she wanted to bring to it was that innocent childlike, um, just in her eyes, all set in her eyes with like the characteristics of a kid who's, you know, just trying to figure out the world in real time, uh, but yeah. not quite processing it fast enough as an, you know, as what her age is, you know? So yeah. 
I remember the process was, uh, you know, a lot of it we found in the editing because we did play around, you know, she tried a lot of things and, and mm -hmm. a lot of it I found was all of our takes that you know, she nailed were the ones that were the most subtle, the subtle um, kind of understated moments of where she just said everything with her eyes and with her mouth and her little actions. Um, uh, I, I remember it wasn't, it wasn't difficult. Like, I, I mean, it was, it was a challenge, but like once we fell into the rhythm, it just was naturally every scene kind of, yeah. Her dynamic with Dave, who's the uh, you know more aggressive one, fell into place pretty quick um, because they're just they could read each other so well, and um, it was yeah it was just how far to push it. And I think in the editing room, especially, we found like you know taking out a lot of lines and letting her just her face do the speaking and stuff kind of really helped worked well. But it was fun. I know that like she was awesome to work with. Total profession. Yeah, it's very. And I remember you know the the the. the terrible part for me is I remember when Creatures came out and I'd seen something about it somewhere. I'm like, boy, that really sounds interesting. And I, I tell you, for whatever reason, it fell through the cracks for me. And I, yeah, I, sure. I, I love the fact that you can, you can discover anything at this point in, in history. You know what I mean? Yeah. I discovered, you know, jazz music from the forties that I never knew existed. You awesome. Know? Yep. I also feel weird. It's like, I really should have been on that film sooner. Right. It's like, well, it's one of those things that, yeah, things get lost in the cracks and we have so much content now that you can barely keep up with like the yeah. big stuff, let alone, you know, like there's now there's like, now that we're having Star Wars shows and, and, and like, you know, Marvel shows and it's like, there's so much content and it's like yeah. movies like that can just, you know, and, and that's what I, I do love that we live in a world as much as it's overwhelming. It's so cool that we can dig up something or if you get interested in your niche thing, and that's what's so cool about all, all three of these movies. It's like, and, and how I look at being a, an auteur or something, it's like, I used to be so precious about all the movies have to be so very tonally, you know, all my tropes, all my things and all my techniques and what yeah. makes me who I am have to be all, follow this very specific pattern. But now I'm like, no, it's all relative to whatever I bless you, whatever I, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, whatever I want to make and what, and what I'm feeling and what I'm doing. And, and someone's going to find it, whether it's yeah. later or in the moment, like you track it down and you might be like, what is this? I'm into these things now. I'm going to check this movie out. Yeah. Uh, and that's what is helpful. I think about the, hopefully the longevity of certain, you know, our movies is that especially if, you know, if my career can keep progressing and I make bigger movies, which I want to yeah. do, I hope people will look back and be like, well, what is all creatures? What is animals? What is gunfight? What are these things? You know? Right. right. Uh, so yeah, I, I know. I love that too. Like we can go track down anything and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, the, that's the thing that, you know, I, I, I grew up um, in the age of the video revolution. So like yeah. I was able to track down things. My first, my first thing about learning about films was cable. And then uh -huh. we finally got a v VHS, you know, VCR in the house. And yep, so yep. I remember my mom paying something like 600 bucks for a damn VCR back right, then. They were it was crazy expensive, right? I'm like, and for us, we didn't have a lot of money. So that was a big investment. Right. Um, and eventually we got, we got a Laserdisc player, which by that point I was a nutso film, you know, mm -hmm. you know, person. So you were all in, yeah. Yeah, I was all in. So then, you know, and then everything changed to DVDs and then stream, you know, it's like, it's nuts. But it's like everything, almost everything is within your reach now. It's very yeah. rare to not be able to find something. Absolutely. It's true. You can literally go back and say, okay, well, I like Al Pacino. I haven't seen 
let's say revolution, which mm-hmm. let's be honest, not many people have seen Al Pacino on revolution. Yeah. yeah. Historic bomb, you know, mm-hmm. probably not a good movie. I still actually haven't seen revolution. I have not seen revolution. No, no, but it's like, you know, but if you ever say, Hey, like I, I said one day, I haven't seen cruising Al Pacino, William Friedkin. Yeah. You know, like I and I checked it out and it's wild. It's a wild fucking. I ended up buying the uh, special edition Blu-ray. That's amazing. It's a wild fucking. It's like hardcore, the hardcore gay in New York in the late seventies. You know, it's like no way was that movie going to be successful. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> in, such a nineteen eighty. Exactly. It's such a specific <laughs> audience or yeah. whatever, especially yeah. in a specific time. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, you know, it's just great that you're, you're able to do that. And I, I really hope, I really want people to, to check out Die in a Gunfight. I really want them to go help started animals and, and yeah. all the creatures here below and then go to die or however, just watch them all, you know? That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and, that. and I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I do want to find out, is there anything you're kind of working on right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can't say too much about it, but I, I luckily, you know what what you hope for every movie is one whether people love it or hate it that you can keep getting work and uh some you know some people reached out to me um and they had a script for me and it's i'll say it's in the bigger budget range you know kind of the 10 million range that i'd hoped gunfight would be so it's it's you know all i learned a lot on gunfight and now it's like okay maybe this is the reason why whatever this new movie is which i can say that it's kind of a I'll say it's like a it's like a crime thriller with a dash of sci-fi. So it's, oh, interesting. it's a totally new avenue for me. But this is really also another, you know, I, again, I don't want to I want to make anything and everything. So I, I, yeah. I feel like it's a little selfish, but it's it's a definitely return to a darker, you know, my my darker um, side again, which I mm-hmm. naturally will always want to do. Um but but what I love about it is that it does have some commercial appeal in the sense of like a uh, yeah, those crime, you know, a thriller, like a thriller that kind of has those futuristic elements, like a, I don't, I don't know if you saw Ex Machina or, um, yeah, a little bit of Looper in there, a little bit of, you okay. know, these movies that are, you see why they're stepping stones to someone making a Star Wars movie or, right, or whatever. So that's kind of what I was looking for, but I wanted it to be sophisticated and kind of Fincher esque. Um, so yeah, so that that's a, the generally I know I'm kind of beating around the bush. No, uh, no, you, if you, hey, you're not you're not there yet. It's not yeah. all. It's not all. It's, it's, a, it's coming you, together. Are you signed on it or are you working towards signing on? Um, I actually am signed on it. Uh, okay. So I will. I can't say that. Um, but it's okay. been luckily the last kind of few months of figuring that. You know, it's I've kind of been luckily getting gunfight out there while I've been secretly doing that, and and that's what I mean by it felt good to you know that Lionsgate was excited about picking up dying gunfight and distributing it. Uh, yeah. It got the ball rolling on all the other conversations that I was having and trying to very good for new movies. So, so yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think gunfight definitely gives uh, backed up by your, by creatures and animals gives you, it's a more of a selling card, I think. So sure. I'm, I'm yeah. excited. I'm very excited for you. And, and I'm obviously excited to see what the hell this movie is yeah no thank you that's uh, yeah i can't I, wait to find out more about it um yeah. but um all right well let me um let me as we talked about before let me sign off with you and um i everybody's gotta 
good just if you have voodoo go to voodoo buy animals it's like eight bucks creatures is 10 gunfight is 10 28 bucks you get three awesome films thank you maybe don't watch all three back to back you know essentially like i did um might not you might not have the intestinal fortitude to watch animals <laughs> and creatures back to back right. i but i'm weird um <laughs> but they're worth they're worth you checking out and worth you purchasing and anything to give colin's uh stock a little bit of a rise that that would be great uh colin thank you very much again for taking thank the time you. i wish you the best of luck and i hope you have a great rest of your day i appreciate it thanks for having me on here and, and good right. luck with everything you're doing i appreciate it thanks yep Take thank care. you you too and then cut okay sweet so, <laughs> so i you know again thank you for for doing this. yeah man i love these conversations so i love it appreciate it yeah I, I, you know, and I, and I, I, I hesitate to do this because I, I'm just not, I'm not normally this person. So f I'm just going to say it. It's fair. Go for it. If, if there, if, if there's a way, cause I, I'll be honest, I, 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 it's an uphill battle trying to get people. Yeah. Quite honestly. And I, I'm, I was into, like, I, the weird thing is, like, you know who Peter Siegel is, the director of Naked Gun 33? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He's got this show called Heels coming out on Stars about the wrestling environment, right? So I wrote to his people, and he got back to me directly, which blew my mind. It's like, this That's guy awesome. made up movies with Adam Sandler and stuff. Yeah. So it's always weird how these things, like, I have friends in the business, but it's still, like, pulling teeth to get people. Yep, 100%. I, I, I was just wondering if you could just do me the smallest favor of course. If there's any way that if once this is this is going to post on Friday, uh -huh. you could send David an email with it and just say, "Look, hey, I talked to this guy. If you thought I if thought it went well, yep. However, and you just say, "Look, I, this guy says he he reached out to your people about talking about Suicide Squad and Dune. Uh -huh. You want to look into it, you know? But I'm not asking for anything more than just yeah." passing on the interview and I, I'm interested in talking to him. Yeah. I, I hate to be, I, I don't want to come off as that guy. that's like already no. asking for a favor. No but, I'm like, oh. Yeah. If you just want to pass it on. Yeah. And whatever I, happens, happens, you know, yep. I would be happy to. It. I would be happy to. And like I said, like, seriously, Dave is like one of my best friends and, yeah. and yeah, he is crazy busy with the release of this year's so weirdly giant for him, which is awesome. Right, with right. It wasn't Squad. supposed to be this way. It wasn't supposed yeah, to be quite it, this way. Exactly. It's all kind of piled together, which is great. But he's in um, Germany right now. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Doing like, a, uh, it's like a Dracula type movie. He's very quiet about it. I don't know any details, yeah. but it sounds awesome. Well, like I said, look, even if like, just so he... Yeah. Just so he has the interview, just knows that I appreciate his work. Absolutely. And, and 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 if he if he wants to reach out or if he wants to check in with his people. Yep. I'm not expecting anything. I you know, I I I've really I gotta be honest. Asking someone to like I asked a, uh, my director buddy who I told you about. Yeah. Who had the problem. I asked, yeah. him, dude, if you have any pull with anybody, like he and I have known each other for almost five years now. Uh, -huh. uh if there's a way you could i heard like nothing back from him like okay well i'm not gonna bother him about that again right right you know it's I mean, like I, I it's so hard to put yourself out there to ask somebody yeah to it's an asshole asking for shit totally but at the same time it's like that's the weird tricky part i think you're doing it right though that's how i do it like you 
you do it, you put yourself out there at least once and see what happens. And because yeah. it's like, you never know what's going to happen. Like it's a lot of times it might work out. And, and the second, you know, and then it's kind of like, all right, well, I'll let it simmer for a while because yeah, yeah. Then, I'm not, pu- I'm not pushy that way. I just yeah, I can't. Me either. Or maybe it's our Midwestern ethics. <laughs> Probably. It's it's ingrained. Like, no, we don't really want to be a bother. If we were from New York or LA, we'd be constantly bothering Yes. Somebody, but. but I think that's why I think it ultimately is will play to our, you know, our favor in that regard. Yeah. But Dave, Dave's a Midwest dude too. He's from Kansas yeah. City originally. So like, and you know, he's a Chicago guy. So like uh I definitely will send everything to him and I'll be like, hey dude, you gotta do this, whatever, and, and I'll see I'm sure he'll reach out or I'll try to connect to you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, however it works. Um and and you know, and if and if uh and you know, I'll check in with you to see where things are at. Cool. I'm dying to find out what the hell the you know yeah I swear, thing. yeah, don't and for real, don't be a stranger. Like if you if check yeah, in yeah. with me whenever and, and yeah, if yeah. if and when I hope there's like a press release, you know, I don't know when what you know, well, these things. You figure it out, and if, and if you think about it, when you actually can announce something, if it doesn't get picked up everywhere, yeah. just let me know about it. We'll do. I will for sure. All right, man. Sure. All right. Well, I'll be in touch. I'll send you the link when it's up on Friday. Great. And I really appreciate you taking the time. And I, it's it's a real thrill because I, I'm really happy that I got to see the other two films before talking to you. Too. Me too. Honestly, I, I love how it worked out. I'm glad we could pause for a second. You could watch them, and it, I think it made more. Uh, for our conversation and and hopefully for future conversations now we can definitely keep exploring everything that's been being worked on so i appreciate it i really do all right thank you too all right well i won't take up any more of your time you have a good rest of your day dude you too yeah take care all right bye take care bye-bye